Hi, this is Anna from Indiana, and you're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. Also, I don't know if I can do sound effects. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Stand by for action! Hello everyone and welcome to an apotheosis of a bombast, episode number 103. I bet you didn't think you'd hear our voices again, did you? Uh, my name is Elton McManus, all the way over in England, and joining me, as always, for possibly around about the 103rd time, maybe a little bit less, is Mr. Scott Copperman. He's an American. I am, I is. Mm-hmm. Hello everybody. Turns out you are a bit of a redneck American. Yeah, some bit of a hick, uh, steady kind of. Mm-hmm, mm, that's right. So, how have you been? It's been uh, a couple holidays have passed since we spoke last. We haven't spoken for ages. This was bonkers. It was like our mums told us we were both grounded, and we weren't allowed out for the summer. Well, I was. I was just. Swamped with work, and then all of a sudden, if you may remember, it was like uh, the project from hell, and it was it was fraught with delays and issues, and and uh, but what ultimately ended up happening, to make a long story short, was it was just enough of a delay here and there that I couldn't really th- things that should have taken four hours were taking six, things that should have mm. been two days were taking five, and then the people I worked for ended up getting fired from the project so for all of that because all the things that made it miserable for me made it miserable for who they were working for um luckily i did get paid for the work i did but it was uh one of those things where i sat there and i was like really are you sure there's no this doesn't seem very good are you sure we're not having problems here oh yeah don't worry about it and then one day yes we will uh We've been notified our services are not needed anymore, so just send us an invoice. And oh no, massive and here I am. Him. Well, it's good in a way because you know we were hoping this would be done end of May as it was, and uh, had it had they not lost the project, it would have gone much longer. And <laughs> obviously, you and I haven't talked in many weeks. Uh, there were a lot of things that were being put on the sideline because of this, so I'm happy to be mm. moving on to something else. So. Yeah, good riddance, I'd say. Three cheers for the temporarily unemployed. Hip, hip, hurrah. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but no, things are good. And yes, it's we missed uh, Mother's Day, which if I remember correctly, there's two separate days in which mothers are celebrated in our homelands. Oh, yeah, you have International America Mother's Day, don't you? Yes. And then the rest of the world. You have I, the metric Mother's Day. Day. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's that. And your birthday is uh, coming very soon, or we missed it at the beginning. We missed oh, it. you missed you missed it. I, well, I missed it at the moment, but I do remember it. Uh, uh, Facebooking wise, I did acknowledge it at the time. Yeah, but, and so did many hundreds of other people. It was brilliant. Don't you feel loved? I do. I I was very spoiled. I had uh, wonderful presents sent over to me, and yeah, it was rather touching. I was like, wow, people actually like me. So, there we go. Now, how do you feel about the proximity of your birthday to other events? Specifically, uh, I would think the biggest concerns are your children's birthdays, Mm. uh, Christmas, and then probably any other like downing element of the day like i know we've talked about mine being september 11th and my son's birthday being the week before or my wife's birthday four days before yeah i i deal with it but it's certainly as a child i would not have enjoyed that but uh how how do you feel with where your birthday lies well as i'm getting older i i don't enjoy them as much as what i used to obviously but because when you're at like seven years old you always want to become 10 years old and when you're 10 you want to be 12 
and then 16 and then 18 and um but i i tend to think that my birthday being almost slap bang in the middle of the year is perfect for a number of reasons one because it's nowhere near anyone else's i know and two it's nowhere near christmas so you have christmas and then my birthday then christmas and my birthday it's brilliant it's wonderful being me i agree you know the birthdays kind of lose something over time there's uh there's a comedian Patton oswalt he's he has a comedy skit where he talks about you're only allowed to have 20 birthdays in your lifetime right it's, okay it's basically the first 10 and then every every decade thereafter okay fair enough yeah so it's you know when you're you know 50 does 52 really matter it's really more than the fact that you made it to uh, <laughs> to sixty. I, yeah, I think when you have your fifty-second birthday, you're thinking, "Well, hang on, I'm in my early fifties. This is brilliant." Mm-hmm. And then you know, fifty-five rolls around. Doesn't really matter. It's just sixty, then, isn't it? If someone stopped you on the street cold and asked you how old you were, would you stammer and have to fumble for the number, or is it set in your head that you're what thirty-two? Is that right? Thirty-three. Oh, bless your little cotton socks, sir. You look no, so useful on the computer screen here, all yeah. white and uh, blue lettery. <laughs> no, um, 34, oh. I'm afraid. Yeah. We've been doing this for ages, yes, remember? Right. It's like the, the fourth year. Yeah. But um, uh, I, I think I stumbled around 33. When I was 32, I started saying I was 33 for ages. And then I was 33, so that didn't really matter. And now... 34, yeah. Well, I To be honest, I haven't had a random stranger come up to me and ask my age for a long, long time. But I think, it, yeah, it's set in my head. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I, I find I stammer on the year, and I don't know why I'm being asked it now that I think back, but I can definitely remember times where I've gone 41, 42... Even mm. now, as I'm saying this, I have to sit and think quickly. All right, really, I'm 41, turning 42. Okay, that's where I am. <laughs> Do you think of your age relative to anyone else? Like growing up, I had my cousin Laura was 15 years older than me. Mm. Uh, her daughter was 15 years younger than me. Um, there was uh, Marianne is 15 years younger than her brother. Um, I, I don't know. Like there, there were definitely ways I measure relative to to certain other people. I don't think that way about my parents. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how much younger I am than them, but you know, before I could tell you my brother's age, I could tell you he's three years younger than me. That's just automatic. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very much the same, but when I relate to certain years, I don't think, oh, what was I doing then? It's really, really geeky and really sad. But everything I, if I'm asked a year and say the year 93 is brought up, I naturally think of the Grand Prix year mm. and what happened in that year. And I do it for every single year. <laughs> and it's only because I love Grand Prix. And if something is uh, written down, let's say uh, a number, blah, 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 92, and I think, oh, hang on, that happened then. Or that was the year that that person won, or and I do it for every single year now, and it's getting really bad because <laughs> every year there's another thing to add on to that list, and so by the time I'm fifty, there's going to be an, another sixteen added onto that, and I'm just going to keep doing that for the rest of my days. I think. Now, was the year two thousand something for you? Like I remember. I was I'll be thirty in the year two thousand, so it was like a little extra special. They used to have a commercial for I think it was for Disney World where um they were showed like an old like nineteen seventies classroom or maybe it was supposed to be eighties, but the teacher saying, And in the year two thousand, think of what you'll be doing and then it flashes to uh the grown up thirty year old, twenty year old grown ups like running around. Yeah. But it's... I always uh, thought that everyone had the assumption that everything would turn metal and silver <laughs> in the year 2000. Only because, you, 
like you said, you've been there's this portrayal of things will be wonderful and shiny and brand new all the time in the year two thousand when you was in I don't know eighty nine or ninety five or something like that, and it. I think we got to 99 and maybe a couple of months before the millennium was going to take hold of us and all planes were going to fall out the sky and stuff like that. And you still had these people thinking, wow, it's going to be so beautiful in the year 2000. And really, it was just another day. Yeah. It it didn't mean anything. The, the pavements weren't turned into uh, wonderful walkways which you just stood on and they conveyor belted you across the road or anything like that nothing changed and a lot of people were a little bit disappointed whereas i don't know it, it just seemed strange that some people would naturally think that the year 2000 would be so magnificent magnificently wonderful yeah it's funny how everything just locked in there like the well, I guess it was the turn of the century I, you know i wonder if if people think of the 21st century being different than the 20th century. Yeah. And certainly at the transition point, it wasn't much. But if you were to compare, you know, 1919 to today or or even 1970 to today, it has to look uh, vastly different. Well, yeah, they don't have Skype or anything, do no. they? <laughs> well, so that was uh, obviously one big event we missed was you your birthday was there yeah, anything else how dare that you had happened well we there's, that's what facebook is for to remind people that there's a birth um one thing i did want to ask you about mm-hmm. uh obviously it was the the first anniversary of that naughty naughty man uh osama bin laden being shot through the head by an american bullet mm-hmm. was there a lot of programs on at the time about the uh the the mission that took part or uh, took were, place then there were a couple of things about about how he was found and the final days of you know a little bit of new information that's been discovered but generally it's been kind of quiet and i was a little surprised because initially there was that reaction of oh, there's no body it's a conspiracy and then like so many other things it just kind of disappears you know nobody nobody talks about it it's true, and yeah. I thought that the lack of a focus on it would make it come up again, but it hasn't really. No, there isn't that massive um, conspiracy of, oh, he wasn't really killed, was he? That normally would rear its ugly head. It, it seems to have just died to death, and everyone seems to have accepted, well, hang on, this might have been the actual best thing to do with his body. Well, do you think it's just too early? I mean, like Roswell, that conspiracy didn't really start until... 70s or later I, I would think the Kennedy conspiracy that's probably a, a much later thing as well or it certainly oh. gained I mean there was some questioning of it at the time but it certainly has it gains momentum over time I think I didn't think about that no or is it maybe I... that you're not hearing uh, Al Qaeda say nope he's still alive It'll probably be uh, someone wants to write a book about it, and it'll be like another Darren Brown sort of book, and where information is is leaked. Oh, he could possibly be alive somewhere. Yeah. Well, let me show my cultural ignorance. Um, Salman Rushdie. Who was it that wanted him dead? Oh, uh, he's the author, isn't he? Yes. He wrote the Satanic verses. Right. But he's not off the hook, I guess. Now Osama bin mm. post. It was someone else who wanted him dead. Wasn't it uh, the Palestinians? Or was that book about... I don't know. I've never read the satanic verses. Christ, no, I, there was I a read big deal here for some reason. And I think it was just because whoever wanted him dead was someone we're all supposed to hate. Uh, See how okay, they censor I'm... in other countries? We're better than them. That was that kind of thing. Right, I'm just uh, googling... Salman Rushdie. Hang on a second. I find myself binging much more than Googling lately. I'm not sure well, why I've made that movement, but uh, I'm a little bit of anti-Google. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for like the Google police to come crashing in as I say this, but <laughs> I'm literally looking over my shoulder. But I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't care for the whole uh, 
Oh, let me see if I can guess what you're thinking. I hate when people do it in real life. Yeah. If you talk to someone and they constantly completed your sentences and completed it wrong 60% of the time, you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh that, God, stop talking to me. <laughs> yeah, that'd drive you, you bonkers, really, wouldn't it? But you imagine the Google police would just turn up in them cars that drive by themselves, wouldn't they? Yeah. That would be brilliant. And if you if open your window and you look at the Google police, you see them flying past going, no, that's the house we wanted. That's the house we wanted. But Google Maps said it's that's how down there. It'd be brilliant. Don't let them hear you. Don't let them hear you. <laughs> You'll see the policeman driving past four or five times. Wait, no, that's the house. Hang on. Let's check the street view. Here you go, Scott. Here are the plans to build a birdhouse. I, I didn't want to build a birdhouse. I wanted to build a bridge. Well, I think you meant birdhouse. Yeah. Don't make us, <laughs> don't make us autocorrect you on that. Oh, uh, going on the Google police, I've just thought, what about a Google helicopter for the police? That would be brilliant. It wouldn't do much. It would probably just go straight up in the air. <laughs> Street view. Yeah, that's how they could do it. Um, yeah, I, I can't... Uh, uh, he provoked protests from Muslims in several countries, some violent. That's all it says, really. It doesn't really say what the book was about. I don't know. So, you know, again, I, I have the fortune and misfortune of being an ignorant American and not having to worry about a lot of things that go on, but... A, a lot of, you know, it sparked violent protests. Well, I mean, there's protests will happen in a, an American city that seem relatively small scale and in no way representative of the country as a whole. Mm. But sometimes I see these news reports and I wonder, boy, is, is that like a loud minority really representing a large <laughs> group of people? And especially I when people seem to have an agenda when they bring that up. Yeah, I tend to remember lots of death threats on him. My God, I'm actually talking about Salman Rushdie. Um, in the early 90s, I think it was. And my cousins owned the book of it. And I think they read the book as well. But there's no way that I'm going to read that book at all. No. Hasn't got zombies in it. It hasn't got space in it. So, you know, no. Did you read the Stephen King book? About the glass dome. It's like a thousand pages. That's That may have been a, a large, dissuading element. But it came out I, right around the time of Lost. I saw that book when it very first came out. And I bought it for my mother for one of her birthdays a couple of years ago. And then, funny enough, the, um, the Simpsons movie came out. Yeah. And it was literally, okay, well, I'd rather watch the Simpsons movie, thank you very much. I'm sure it's pretty much the same. But, yeah, Under the Dome, I, I'd like to. I just need to get into the, the swing of reading books at the moment. Well, I, I read it recently, and uh, it actually it fits the Stephen King profile to me, which is it's really interesting and, and good for the first bit. Mm. And then it's like he just decides... Okay, I'm done. And the, the the book just ends suddenly with no real satisfying closure. So I Does he I would it's I didn't find it satisfying and I've a lot of other people had warned me before I read it, you know, you're committing to twelve hundred pages and at the end you're gonna go, Oh that that's it. <laughs> is there another chapter somewhere? Am I missing some of the book? Mm. And I, I generally had the same feeling, which is disappointing because it, I was hoping it would be something more clever than it it felt like it was yeah well he's an author of many many books though isn't he yes he's written hundreds and hundreds of books and wouldn't you think that there's only so many books in one person and it must just get to the point where okay I'm, i've got this really good premise blah, 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 blah. i don't know how to end it i think i might just you know throw the old routine in well, I, the guy was reading the John Grisham books back when, when The Firm and those other books were real popular, and I felt like they were very formulaic, that it was kind of, mm. oh, just a couple changes here and there, but it's the same template. And uh, so I kind of lost interest in those kind of quickly. I, 
I guess that's what people fall into is um, some people write series of books like uh, The Lord of the Rings or or Encyclopedia Brown books, you know, the ones where it's literally a continuation of the story or chapters basically, but yeah, some people make separate books, but they're really very much the same. I feel like a lot of people write books now with the goal of having them turned into movies. Or kind of show. just scripting them out, really. Yeah, it's really, it's a it's a screenplay more than a, a novel. Yeah, I, I tend to find that about musicians as well. They, you have like the great first album and then the second album would be a bit more, it would have a stadium feel to it. As if they've moved on the gig circuit out of the clubs and straight onto the stadiums. And that's exactly where they want to be. So why not write songs like that? Well, I, I think the reason behind some of the change in the music might be that it's evolved to a very much a single, single-driven industry. Where like you used to buy um, 45 records and you'd have the A side and the B side. So you'd have like the popular song and then the, oh, this is the one we make for artistic reasons. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. But now mm. on iTunes, you're you're not buying an A and a B. You're buying only the A sides. So it, it has to become much more like a Katy Perry album where all all the tracks are expected to go in the top 40. Yeah. Where like an old Rolling Stones album or something, with half the songs were never really meant for radio. Yeah, there was a lot of filler, wasn't there? Or or just something kind of quirky. <laughs> you'd have you'd have the the song that was just a different sound, or the lead singer didn't sing. It was, you know, oh look, they let the keyboardist sing on this track. <laughs> Yeah, I missed the the days of A's and B sides as well. That was the best feeling as well, putting a record on and then flipping it over halfway through. Well, and it used to be part of the the decision process for me. Like when I was on a on a budget, it'd be like, all right, well, I like uh, this song by the Cars, but I don't like what's on the other side. But oh, you know, this one by Asia, I like both songs. Or, mm. you know. Men at work. Oh, I wish they'd put like Toto and uh, Cargo both on the same side, both on the same <laughs> forty-five. Well, there was that uh, magical thing of each side was a, a little album in itself, wasn't it? It mm -hmm. was kind of an EP and a journey, and you had to start the the side A with a, a good song and end it, and then you proceed to side B, and you had to start the side again. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, you just have the CD and you, you put as many tracks on it as you want. They can all be guff. But, you know, as long as we're, we're selling, you know, 500,000 copies a year, then we're fine. Well, I don't know how, if your daughter still, uh, if she buys anything for, for music, but we get Jackie the occasional CD for like a Taylor Swift or Selena Gomez. If it's just, it's actually cheaper than buying individual tracks and, uh, we wrestle a lot with the whole do as I say, do as I do kind of thing with, well, yes, daddy can get you any song you want, but we should probably buy the CD if you really like this artist. Yeah. And um, what we found on like the Selena Gomez one, there was, I would say it was about 16 tracks. Three of them were songs on the album re-released in Spanish. And mm. then there was, one was like a, dance mix of another track so you really you were only getting about 70 percent of the song of what you would think you're buying song wise mm. and i don't know you know that's that was hard too because like you you say you used to throw a, an album or a cd in you listen start to finish this was more you almost had to program it or pull out single tracks because otherwise you're going to end up listening to the same song three times in a row the original the dance mix version. Oh, and here's the Spanish version. We just heard that song. Yeah, that's such a swizz. They can't do that. But it, it's so easy just to cut a track and then send it off to another producer just to produce his version of that track. Or, yes, we'd like a, something a little bit more dancey, I think. 
Now, did you ever listen to Bob and Doug McKenzie? They were comedians from... They had a movie, uh, Strange Brew, but they were on... It wasn't Saturday Night Live. I can't remember the name of the, the comedy thing they were part of. No, I've never heard of them. Well, they have they have a, a comedy album, which is very much like piercing the veil, like talking about the fact they're making an album. So it's... Yeah, you know, they're it's interactive kind of, but they there's parts where it's like, oh, you know, it's time to turn the album over. All right, shh, shh, shh. Let's see how long this day. Oh, Just talk okay. And stay and keep listening. Just shh, shh. Do you think they left yet? Stop it. You know that kind of thing. Right. Okay. So, and, and I love that kind. Of, yeah, that was awesome. You'd have a friend come over, and you'd be like, wait, 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 listen, wait, listen, and, and being like twelve, you, my son does it now. He like gives it away, like. The whole point is they're supposed to. You don't tell your friend to wait. There's funny things that are gonna happen. You have to, you know, just let it be. Oh, I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, they have to find them sort of things for themselves. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the journey there, though, isn't it? Yeah. But my my uh, my daughter at the moment, all she listens to is either the Lemonade album or the Lemonade Mouth album. I, I ain't I haven't got a problem in that. That's fine. Or Justin Bieber. Oh, he's so dreamy. Yeah, apparently she's going to marry him. Well, she'll so, have to take it up with Selena Gomez. Yeah, I don't know who that is. She's I the girl honestly from don't know. Uh, Wizards of Waverly Place on Disney Channel. Right. All of them programs just amalgamate into one big, shouty, colourful program yeah. to me. It's like I've got a migraine and I've drunk too much Red Bull at the same time. Well, it's a sign of getting old in that the the generation of Disney stars, Nickelodeon stars from when my kids first started watching are too old mm. now. And so now like the little brothers and sisters have been spun off to have their own shows. Ah. So like uh the Miranda Cosgrove is is uh, iCarly. So that's the Drake and Josh show, and before that, the Amanda show, which was like a comedy sketch show. We're just a little bit before my daughter. Uh, but my son used to watch those, and now those kids are, they're like adult actors or retired now. And so. <laughs> retired. Brilliant. <laughs> a lot of them do. A lot of them give up acting. They don't. What? Did, which movie was it that I had seen that the little girl gave up acting? Well, there's rumours that Emma Watson out of the the Harry Potter lot, um, she could possibly. Well, she's gone back to uni, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And obviously, she's made her millions. She, she's never going to really need to work again. But I think she wants to get degrees and stuff like that. You can't blame them, can you? You know, they worked hard and they've probably been pushed around. And you know, Daddy's quite happy now that his bank's full of money. So let them do what they want now. No, they hate. They haven't got a childhood at all. But yeah, Kimmy's uh, listening to this uh, Justin Bieber album. I think it came out like a couple of years ago. But he also released one at Christmas, and she still listens to that now. We're in May. We've just had our hottest day of the year, and she'll go to bed tonight listening to Justin Bieber sing uh, "All I Want for Christmas Is You" with Mariah Carey. Aww. And you think. Oh, it's really nice at Christmas, but not in the middle of May, Christ. Yeah, it's funny how people's music tastes change at the holidays. Mm, Jingle Bells, what a great song. I could listen to it 15 times a day. At Christmas, yes, yeah. that's it. Right, should we move on to something? Sure. Okay. I haven't got the soundboard here, but I will press this button. We had an email. Woohoo! I, I, honestly, I can't believe we actually had an email, even though it looked like we were, we were like a, an upturned ladybird with our legs spread up in the air. We were dying, but no, people were still sending us emails, so thank you very much, guys. Um, this email comes from Andrew Neil. He's from the Scotland. 
and I think he's uh, just recently married as well, which is, you know, congratulations to you, sir. Uh, he says, hi, El- uh, Scott and Elton. Sorry, I nearly got it wrong way around then. Do you say Scott and Elton or Elton and Scott? Uh, I think I would say Scott and Elton. It just sounds smoother to me, but it has nothing it, to do with top billing or anything. No, no, no. Obviously, no. Um, it, it, it does flow better. I think Scott it's the Elton and it's the N-N that causes some issues for me. Where like Scott and it's almost like Elton. Yeah. <laughs> That's anyway, anyway, the email reads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just wanted to say well done on passing the 100 show mark. Wow, that was ages. That was about three months ago now, wasn't it? Yep. Um, I am, um, and I for one am still enjoying your shows. Thank you very much, sir. One thing I wanted to mention about pop culture that came up in episode 101 was to Scott about pop culture references in films and whether you should show your kids everything so they get the references. Yep. My thoughts on this are that you do not watch things so that you get the references if the company choose to put something in the film. They already think that it is in the culture and if people do not get them, then it is not aimed at them. It is difficult. It is difficult, but I think that Titanic with Chipmunks 3 was probably for the parents rather than for the kids. No, I would agree with that. But I yeah. I worry sometimes too about um, I'm trying to think of the right way to the right example to give. Like some sometimes you're in TV they depict a parent who's trying to fit in and they use slang but they use it wrong. Right. You know, righteous man and oh, dad, no, stop. So I I worry in that sense of, all right, so my kids are talking about something that had a meaning that they didn't get. And you don't want them to look foolish. And I, I mean, an eight-year-old is different than when they're a 16-year-old and they go back and talk about, oh, yeah. That's just like in the Chipmunks when they were on the uh, bow of the ship and Alma goes, I'm king of the world. Like, no, 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 no. That's a reference to Titanic, not... Yeah. Mm. But then again, to be honest, let's... Older films didn't really have that sort of payback towards other older films. Like, there's there's no payback in Jaws, is there, to any other films that came before? But we're where we're reaching a saturation point of stories and uh, we're still waiting for new stuff to come out and it's not happening. It's because we're we're still referencing back to other stuff and we're not looking forward to creating new stuff, which is a bit of a shame, really, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you... I'm trying to think of... uh, If you saw... Someone talking about like, oh, they're those uh, laser swords from. I can't even think of where else they've had them, but, but I, there's got to be things that like Star Wars has inspired. That oh then God, have yes. Reused in other spots. That then, if if your kids were to sit there and talk about, oh, it's it's, they don't give credit where credit is due. Hmm. Would you feel like it? You need to make sure they see. Where it came, where it really comes from. I guess Star Wars is an exception because, I mean, you it's a high quality thing. You would want your kids to see that anyway. I suppose if it was blatantly ripped off, then yes. Because if you look back on, do you remember that film Deep Blue Sea? Yes. And it was all about the sharks and like genetically modified sharks. But they they put a parody at the very beginning. Just to say, oh, we know that Jaws has happened, so now we're going to do our movie. But there was no need to do that, I don't think. Everyone knows about Jaws. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everyone. And I, I find it very hard to believe that a lot of people wouldn't know about Jaws, even if it was just mentioned. Even I recorded it uh, the other week. It was on TV. And so I put it, I put it on the recorder. And I've got it there ready for my kids because I'm, I'm going to induct them into the world of Jaws. And never bring them to the beach again? 
Um, I think it's tame. I think kids these days, I think we underestimate them. And I I think that they've got very wise heads on them nowadays. I think it's tame visually, but it's creepier. It's almost scarier than a modern... If they saw like CGI sharks that were ridiculously large and biting through boat holes and stuff, they'd be like, ah, yeah, it's make-believe. But yeah, this is almost extra creepy. Yeah, well, I'll let you know my scientific experiment <laughs> when I scare the bejesus out of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, also in his email, he said he completed his 100-mile uh, last week, which was sent in April. So it was ages ago that he completed his 100-mile. He probably could have done it about three times since. But congratulations, sir. Thank you very much for your 100 as well. Mm-hmm. And that was the only email, but at least we got an email. No, that was great. I appreciate it. Uh, if if you guys do have any emails, then please send them to bombastpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, anything else you want to add to this before we move on to any news? Uh, no, uh, there was something I was thinking when we were talking about it, and it, it slipped right in and out of my head. Give me a oh. moment to see if I can hit it, because it was, I was gonna, all ready to say, like, well, it's funny. The thing with Andrew's email is, ah, and it, okay. I was I was waiting, and then we went a different direction. It's the audio version of walking into a room and then forgetting. Yes, what you walked into that room for? No, I it's, I've lost it. It's fine. Couldn't have been that important. No. <laughs> okay, I got um, it. No, I just had to do that. Nah, <laughs> sorry. Right, I'm going to move on to some stories sure. then. Right, this is a story of a Chinese man dons 33 kilograms of bees in a record bid. Have you ever seen a, a man with a beard of bees or anything like that? Never in real life, but... Does it appeal to you? No, not at all. I can't stand one bee being in the room, or a wasp, or anything that flies, a moth or anything like that. I can't stand them being in the same room as I. Um, But yeah, anyway, uh, a Chinese beekeeper has attempted to break a world record by covering his body with more than 300,000 bees. Xi Ping, that's his name, Xi Ping, 32, concealed almost all of his body with 33.1 kilograms of bees, with it, which is estimated to be 33, oh, sorry, 331,000 of the creatures in one hour. Uh, reports say that Mr. Xi broke the world record, but there are doubts over whether he actually did. Mm. Uh, The Guinness Book of World Records says that a man from India, Viplin Seth, was covered with 61.4 kilograms of bees in 2009. It was calculated that 613,500 bees were on his body at the Indian Agricultural Research Institute in New Delhi. Now... I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you're going to break a world record of bees on you, and you know the world record is 600,000 bees, why would you only bring 300,000 bees with you to try and break that record? I, I can't imagine where the confusion came, like why he thought it wasn't even close. It, Yeah, it's... Someone forgot yeah, to carry the one somewhere, and it was... Wait, wait, wait. You told me this was only 290,000, not... <laughs> well, maybe he did bring 600,000 bees with him, and the guy is absolutely smothered in bees. But I would have thought, okay, let's bring a million bees with us, and then maybe if... 60% land on me, then I'm going to get somewhere near there. But not bring... I, I don't know if he, he only brought 400,000 or what, but they use, like, scents as well to yeah. make them land on you, don't they? Yeah. He said he didn't wash for a couple of days, so they'd be more attracted to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, yeah, he's totally covered in these bees. It's It's creepy. Well, it makes you question then how the other guy could have nearly twice as many. 
I well, guess yeah. it's twice as thick, but... Oh, there's some horrible pictures. Uh, I'm not paging through. And what do you do as well? Do you do you stand on the the weighing machine before you have the bees on you? Or if you have an itch, what do you do? Like you, you must just put yourself in a trance of sorts and just yeah, be oblivious sneeze. to the world. <laughs> Sneezing halfway through. <laughs> oh, crazy! Okay, so that was right. complete non-news. In that, I mean, the headline is it the headline on the actual site or just no? See. The headline on the um, page is Chinese man dons 33 kilograms of bees in a record bid. But when you mouse over the tab, so the actual web page title is Chinese beekeeper covered with 331,000 bees but does not break world record. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like <laughs> this is, did not happen. So. He, was, he was kind of nearly there, but he didn't he do it. He was halfway. But it, it, oh, in the pictures, it looks like he's got webbed arms as well, with the amount of bees on him. That's crazy. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. I've just sent it through to you. All right. I don't know if you heard about this story. This, this was from a little while ago as well. It was a uh, U.S. mother charged with o- uh, overdaughter's tanning. This lady was accused of taking her daughter to a tanning salon and trying to get her into a... Uh, tanning booth and give her a nice tan all over tan the lady you have to see the face of this lady have you got the video yeah. there at all yeah well it's yeah. local for us so i've i've actually seen the story oh, oh is it from it's from new jersey it's not, yeah. oh it's not another new jersey nutter is it yes it is god <laughs> i'd move out of there if i was you i really would <laughs> well she says she said all different kinds of things. First right. of all, I mean, she does look very bad. She's She's got very dark, uh, unhealthy-looking, uneven-looking tan. And I even think some of the pictures may have been photoshopped like the old uh, O.J. Simpson pictures were. Right, okay. But I mean, she's come out a couple times since and, and said all different kinds of things like, uh, you know, that that she didn't put her daughter at risk, you know. It's she claims her child never set foot in a tanning bed and was burned from the sun. Mm. You know, she went into the kiddie pool and she's a redhead. The daughter is very like light skinned and red haired. Uh, yeah, she she's, yeah, she's got freckles and very light skin, hasn't she? Yep, and in the typical reactive government that we have here now, there's. You know, oh, let's create a a law, and they'll probably name it after this family in some way. And you're not allowed; it's illegal for people under the age of 18 or 21 to be in tanning booths and such. So that's that's been the big uh, the big push since. I mean, she's she's clearly an extremist, but I I don't know. It's, yeah, she denies that she's not addicted or doesn't over tan herself and yet she's got all this leathery skin and I find it very hard that she wouldn't have gone in there and said you know just just go in there just for a little bit build up your immune system to it well that's the thing I mean she hurts she hurts her case in that she clearly is in denial about her own condition but when it first came out like locally and you know they were on the 6pm news look at what this crazy mom did to her, her daughter yeah, we were talking in our house, and I was explaining to my kids that it, my first thought was people always have to meddle. They always have to butt in and critique what other people are doing. And not knowing the whole situation, I said, you know, I didn't want my kids to judge it until we knew more. And yeah. I said, you know, they're talking about how crazy she is, and they've already deemed her guilty of all these awful things. And, like, honestly, if, if mommy was into... Um, acupuncture, or like my, my wife gets her nails done every once in a while. I'm sure she would. I'm sure she's taken my daughter at some point, and my daughter said, "Can I go? Can I go with my nails done?" And they've done it. A little more extreme mm-hmm. and less conventional. If she was into acupuncture, if for some reason my daughter's like, "Oh, can I please go?" and they're 
all the knowledgeable people involved said, this is harmless. We'll do this little like mini mini session. I, I, I don't know. I mean, people bring their kids to chiropractors. People bring their kids. Uh, I mean, my kids water ski. I mean, they're young. I'm sure there's people who sit there and go, oh, you can't have an eight-year-old water skiing. Well, they're not they're not professionals at it, but they, they go and they water ski. So my thought was it was an overreaction at first. But then as you saw this lady and heard her speak, it just became harder and harder to advocate for her. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, they didn't show the daughter other than like before pictures. They never showed her like she doesn't look like the mom. It's not like she forced her to be like turned into bacon or something. She's just. No. It sounds like at worst she allowed the daughter to go in once and it was not a pleasant experience. Well. If you know that your daughter or any other child has got fair skin or is susceptible to being burnt by the sun, you need like factor 50 all the time, then you don't stick them in the tanning salon. But do you think or that in some way she might have thought, well, I mean, some people just think that way. It's not the real sun. It's safer, even though it's, it's still ultraviolet. Oh like, I mean, some people think that way. Wow, I I yeah I didn't think about that. I I wish I could think of a good example of it, but you know, you know, well, you know, he's allergic to peanuts. Oh, well, it's not peanuts; it's peanut butter. You know what I mean? Like some people just think like, no, you can't have peanuts. It's oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, <laughs> but it came in a jar. It's not real peanuts. Uh, yeah. Or you know, he's allergic to peanuts. Oh, it's okay. These are all these are cashews. Why, why would you take the chance? Yeah. But so she was turned in by uh, the teacher, right? The school said, school thought she was... Well, she she went to school with um, sunburn. Now, that can happen any time of the year, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah, know. It, it's just the, the stark contrast between her mum and the, the daughter and, okay... Maybe she was just standing outside the bed, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I wouldn't like to guess on how this would have happened. I don't know. I it's, I really it, clearly it's the mother has a problem. It, I'm not seeing anything in the things I've looked at that says the. I mean, the daughter is anything like she is. If anything, it was a one-time experience, if at all. Yeah. Now, let's say, you know, I I don't smoke. Marianne doesn't smoke, and I don't think we would go this route. But if you had, uh, you know, they always say on TV and in the movies and oh, kid got caught smoking a cigarette. You want to smoke? Go ahead. Here's a whole pack. Go ahead, and the kid throws up and swears off ever smoking again. Yeah. I could definitely see. You know, people jumping in and saying, "How dare you go that route?" Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's not something I think I would do, but I could certainly see the people who say, "You're not going to get cancer from that one, <laughs> one session." And if, if as a result of that, you uh, dissuade them from ever smoking again, I would say not to do it. Certainly because. It could backfire on you. I think times have changed. I Maybe 20 years ago you could get away with doing that and it would make your kids sick. And, whoa, I taught them not how to smoke. And But now you'd have rally groups around you. And it, I think it would just be frowned on that you, you forced your kid to smoke a whole packet of cigarettes. Yeah. Well, how about the people who... It's really the older generation, but... They certainly pass it on. The ones who take say, "Oh, your your kid's teething. Put a little alcohol on your finger, and that's all that's in those pain relief medicines anyway. Mm. Rub a little brandy on their gums or a little whiskey on it." Yeah, yeah. Their old wives' tales have disappeared now. But with, with the smoking in in the fifties and sixties, it was the cool thing to do. It looked good, and 
there was no danger behind it, was yeah. there? No. None they knew about. And it. Now, None they admitted to. <laughs> yeah. And now the media have just, well, rightly so, have built it up and built it up, and now we're we're trying to eradicate the 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 problem, really. Yep. Oh well. Right, I'm going to move on to my third and final story Alrighty. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, this is Egypt's farewell intercourse law allowing sex with dead wives sparks outrage. Uh, necrophilia might be might be allowed by law in Egypt soon, as the country's Islamist Islamist as the country's ele- is ugh, I can't say that word. As the country's Islamist dominant parliament is set to introduce a law allowing husbands to have sex with their dead wives up to six hours after death. <laughs> I had a little bit of a, a poke around, excuse the pun, and rigor mortis sets in between two to six hours after death. So it could be men having sex with their wives while they're a little bit tight to say one thing, mm-hmm. I suppose. But I I can't see this being allowed to happen. It seems like extreme. I guess it looks like there was one one cleric or one group or something, one special interest <laughs> that was pushing <laughs> for this. And uh, it was one guy, really. Come yeah. on, let's... <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I can't imagine it's going to to go far. It's, it's probably one of those things where um, he filed the paper, filed the petition to have it made legal, and someone went through and went, "Oh, what, what, what?" So this is on the docket for today, even though it's going to get struck down. But I don't. I... It yeah it. People, you know, people say, let me just, you know, someone passes away and then there's a, let me, let me go the devil's advocate route of how something like this could, could get passed because someone manipulates the system. Yeah. You're in the hospital and your wife passes away and uh, you're sitting in the room. You don't want to leave. You know, you just like you refuse to. I just, I, I want a minute. You're not. You just. Let me just sit here, and then they come and they want to. They say you have to leave, Mr. McManus. We're gonna take. We're gonna take the body, and they. You say, please let me just hold. Let me. Let me just kiss her goodbye. Not nothing gross or anything. Just a. You know, we're talking like minutes, and the the doctor nurse the nurse. Very by the book. I'm sorry, Mr. McManus. Like once, once she's been declared dead, it's no one. No one is allowed to have any interaction with the body except for the coroner. And so then th- there becomes this movement of how unjust it is that someone is following the letter of the law. That's strictly. You know, I mean, certainly, she just passed away. He's been sitting in the the room for three weeks while she was in the coma, and he just wanted to hold her hand. And and uh, you know, kiss kiss her wrist one last time, or you know, just rest his head on her cheek. Mm. And so then, in the movement to get that, the lettering of the law opens a doorway for for this sort of thing as well. Like, well, the law allows for intimate contact within this. Oh, intimate contact. Well, therefore, that should be any sort of intimate contact i that's the kind of uh, it's the reason that that you hate lawyers sometimes like the finding <laughs> of holes and things are done in a certain spirit and even though the majority of the public understands that and and doesn't need it spelled out to the law that's why you have legal documents that are 300 pages long to basically say things that are common sense because if you don't have it spelled out Someone says it didn't say you could do it, or they say it didn't mm. say you can't. Yeah. So I could see in some bizarre, twisted way this being uh, like a, a, con- a related to that type of event, and maybe it slips through. But then once it's drawn this kind of attention, then you have no chance of the other login. I don't know. This. <laughs> 
It is just no, gross. Fair enough. Yeah, I as much as you know, I love the missus, and I don't think I'd be asking to do that. You know, give give me give me ten minutes, I'll be all right. That that that's all I need. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'll be asking that. No, but if uh, if she passed away, the doctor comes and you know, pulls the eyelids, pushes the eyelids down, and. Uh, and then the nurse forcibly separates you. Like you've been sitting at the bedside for days, and they're like, "I'm sorry, Mr. Mass." And you're like, "What?" It, the machine just did that long beep just seconds ago. Yeah. Like, I mean, that respirator just stopped. What? Where are you taking her? Wait, no, I didn't get to say goodbye yet. I mean, that's that could be it's a bizarre. consequence. Well, when they strike this down, then it could be almost overly done, where it's like. I'm sorry. That could create a situation where you're you better say your goodbyes while before the last rites are administered, and then that's it. Hmm. Yeah, it's obviously just come from one bloke who just wants a little bit of a fumble, but you're ruining oh, everybody. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's all I have for the for the news for the moment. Anyway, for you, sir. Right. Is there anything you want? Anything else you'd like to dive into? Uh, I'll save most of it for a future show. I I did post on the Facebook page today. Um, yet another mobility scooter. <laughs> oh, okay. Evolution of it. It's actually uh, the Honda Corporation had created something as a prototype like three years ago. And this looks like a fat unicycle. It's called the Honda Honda Unicub personal mobility device in it right it's less awkward than the cyborgish kind of thing we saw in the previous uh mobility scooter evolution but this this struck me because if you watch the video on the facebook page and you can go and see links about it if you search for it but uh in the video they have like artists rendering of a society where these are very commonplace. And like I you see like a Segway in a couple places these days. Sometimes it seems like uh at the airport I'll see security on them. And it, it's yeah. all, like forced. Like really? He, like <laughs> what you got a grant from the government and you had to spend the money on a Segway or something. It just doesn't seem practical. But they show like clips of uh 20 people at an aquarium and 16 of them are using this mobility device or that looks quite cool actually it does it looks I a do look- awkward to me it's I, like i picture riding a unicycle being a constant battle to keep your balance and it looks to me like the woman in the video is constantly on the verge of tipping over <laughs> everyone's on them there, there's a scene in the video where uh someone is waiting for a a lift or an elevator and someone in the elevator comes up and is on one of these as well you think what are the chances two of them brilliant yeah I, I actually I quite like these I think they're quite cool alright the other thing I wanted to share I'll figure out which link is the best link to give here do you know what it reminds me of do you remember uh, the, the cartoon mask Yes. And do you remember the little kid who had that little scooter that was his best mate that could turn into the little scooter and he'd ride on his mate? It's kind of like that. Well, this next thing, uh, I just sent you the link, is from a company in London. I won't hold that against you, but I can't tell. I mean, it's got to be a joke item but the things that I had found originally um, depicted it very seriously and this is salt made from tears Ooh. salt made from tears combines the century old craft where fresh human tears are gently boiled and released into shallow crystallization tanks then harvested by hand and finally rinsed in brine experience the full range of these flavors in this Exclusive collection. Tears of anger. Tears shed while chopping onions. Tears shed while sneezing. Tears of laughter. Tears of sorrow. 
So my question for you is, would you ever, if someone said, here, try this, there are tears from when someone was sneezing. Mm. Could, would, would you, would you, you, would you sample it? No, it's someone else's bodily stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say I'll try it very quickly. Like, like the, the, the half second on That's the like tongue saying, sort I'll of thing. I'll just eat a pinky if someone says, would you like to be a cannibal? Well, I'll just, I'll just have a bite. Yeah. I'll have a nibble. <laughs> I'll chew it. <laughs> Pretty bizarre. I mean, I, I can't be real. You can't, you can't I... produce that volume. And what I was thinking was when they describe this process, if it is real in any way, it's probably 99% other elements. Like it says it's rinsed in brine. So it's, it probably involves this collection of <laughs> human tears at just one tiny fraction of the process. But I don't know. Yeah. This I... is creepy. It is, especially when you've got tears from sneezing as well. I don't, I don't cry when I sneeze. I don't even know if my eyes water. I think I, I cry more when I yawn. And that's not there. You have anger, chopping onions, sneezing, laughter, sorrow. Where's yawning on this? Everyone cries when they yawn or has tears well up when they yawn. I like tears best when they're someone hits me with a hammer. I would think <laughs> the flavor of the tears would be more related to who they come from. Tears of an old person versus tears of oh, Olympic God. athlete. I mean, does it matter why you're crying? Does that change the taste of your tears? Well, that's what the whole th purpose is on this, though, isn't it? Are vegetarian vegetarians tears? Are they considered vegetarian? Are they kosher? I'd, I'd say they taste different. I don't know. It'll be all the nutrients that you put into the, you know, lifestyle would definitely be different. You know, what I we have don't to follow think... up on. Do you remember the breast milk ice cream? We have to find out the oh. status of that. Yes, I do remember that. That wasn't, was disgusting. Wasn't that in Europe somewhere, or was that uh... that? Was, that was in Covent Garden, I think. Next time I'm in, I'm in Covent Garden, I'll get some. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you know where I could get some breast milk ice cream? <laughs> uh, yeah, ne next time I'm down there, I'll try and get some. I don't eat ice cream, so I'll have to obviously find some willing participant to eat that or instead. unwitting participant. Try yeah. this. How does this taste to you? I could do a taste test, couldn't I? That'd be brilliant. Anyway, yeah, I, mm, not gonna really try that to be honest. So the tears were developed in collaboration with Studio Weave and expert tear harvesters, Halen Mon. Halen Mon is a sea salt manufacturer. Right. I don't know. Hmm. So, those were some things. I'll save the rest for a future show, but uh, that's a, all I really had for the moment. There's certainly plenty of things we've talked about in the past that I, I would like to try to go through and uh, see what was kind of an update of what's going on. So, if anyone has been digging through the, the backlog of Apotheosis episodes or if you have a favorite thing that you your, stands out with you, like for me, it's mm. the cryogenic thing. I always, that always sticks with me. I've, I've gone every once in a while and done a search to see what the deal is with that company and see if they still function. If you've done anything like that, please let us know if you've revisited anything. Yeah, definitely. Are they still going, by the way? Uh, they were around the holidays, around Christmas. Cool. But that'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm looking at the Hanlon Mon. They're sea salt... Is unlike any other. Delicate, crunchy, crisp, strong, light yet sweet. 
it makes me think like wait a minute are they slipping in human tears is that why it's that way mm. <laughs> all right well i'm glad we were able to record I'm glad people have sticked with us stick to stuck glad people are still yeah. here stick to <laughs> if you have a chance please do uh, visit the facebook page or follow either of us on twitter i've been making an effort to try to be a little more uh, active now that I have some time. Yeah, I've noticed that. SHC1970, you can find Elton and Elton McManus. You yep. should definitely check out all the Rogue Tube podcasts, which mm -hmm. there's quite a few of them. Um, send us an email, like Elton said. Or don't. It's really quite up to you. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind, but it would be lovely to hear from you guys as well. <laughs> so I guess uh, that's it for not another five weeks, but more like uh, seven to ten days. You know, check back soon. Give us a reason to get back into things. But like I said, now that my schedule is different, it should be a lot easier to record more often. Cool. All right. Looking forward to doing more yeah. with you, sir. Should be fun. All right. So I will uh, talk to you in a, about a week or so. Yeah. And I'll see the rest of you. Well, I won't really. But <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, for listening anyway. All right, bye. Bye. I love it. Room for everybody here. Yes, all are welcome. Yes, indeed. I love them. But... Nice. Nice. Youth. Beautiful. I'm all for it.